Thanks, Ailey. Thanks, band. Uh, good evening, everybody. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Andy, and I'm part of the youth team here at KBC, and I'm really delighted to be here tonight. And I, I really love 6.30 Unplugged. I, I don't know, I feel it's quite special. We're nice and close. Um, it's great. Um, but as we heard earlier, we have been studying the book of Hebrews for quite some time now. And tonight we draw that study to a conclusion. As you see on the screen, like we said earlier, the theme that we've been looking at in particular that this book concentrates on is this idea that Jesus is greater. We've read that Jesus is greater than the angels, greater than Moses, a greater priest than all others. He is the fulfillment of the sacrificial system, the perfect everlasting sacrifice, and greater than all that came before him. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, we read in Hebrews, and the exact representation of his being. And last week, we celebrated a baptism um, of Emily, Abby, Ailey, and Emily, uh, which was a great night. And I left this flying. Thank you very much. Um, which was a great night, and we looked at the start of chapter 12 of Hebrews. I think we just got through the first couple of verses, which talked about perseverance. And we didn't have a chance to look at the rest, but the way that chapter ends was, it says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So the scene is set here for chapter 13, and chapter, this final chapter has so much packed into it that we could honestly do a full series just on this chapter. Um, so that made it quite tricky to work out what we should focus on tonight, um, but I think what we're looking at ties in quite nicely with what David was sharing with us this morning if you were out um, and we were looking at some of our, our values. Um, So I'm hoping that we might manage to read through the whole of this chapter, but I'm not completely convinced, but we'll try and and get there. But um, what we find is at the start of this chapter, we have a complete change of tone in, in the book. We've gone from the theology of the previous 12 chapters to this really practical start. This is when we start looking at the so what, how should we respond to this revelation that we read in, this, in these um, passages. Hebrews is packed full of theology, like I said, and this is something that we see throughout the Bible, that wherever we see revelation, we, we have a response. The two go hand in hand. So here we have heard throughout Hebrews that Jesus is greater, and we need to persevere in our faith. So what does that mean to us? We're going to look at that a little bit. How does this impact our lives? So the content here might not be that difficult to understand. It's really quite simple. Um, But it might not always be easy to listen to. Um, But I do pray that tonight, um, that through the Holy Spirit, these words of this final chapter would impact all of our lives. So let's start by reading the first six verses together. It says, let brotherly love continue. 
Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Back in chapter 11, we heard about great examples of faith, if you can remember that. We heard about Abel and Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, and others. And then last week in chapter 12, we heard great encouragement to keep going in our faith. And here in chapter 13, we see some examples of what this faith should look like in practice. This is some of the evidence that we will see in our lives. And as we heard at the end of that previous chapter, there was that instruction to offer God acceptable worship. And now we find some really practical instructions as we look to do that ourselves. It feels almost jarring, like this chapter, to go from what was quite a heavy um, previous 12 chapters um, to go on to talking about everyday topics such as love, sex, marriage, money. Um, But these instructions were addressing really significant issues for the church at that time. And although our circumstances and context are totally different in, in a lot of ways from these, from these readers of the early church. They are just as relevant and important to us today. We see evidence all around us of where the wrong attitudes to these things, to love, sex, and money, we, we see where that can lead us. It can lead to a broken society, and we see evidence all around us. How should our faith shape our behavior, and our attitudes. Like those in the early church, we are called to be counter-cultural. We are to be in sync with God and out of sync with culture. And that can be really, really difficult because we get pressures from friends and families. We have influence from the media and those in power. And it can be increasingly difficult to live a life that is in sync with God. So here's the first instruction that we're looking at tonight. Let brotherly love continue. And this, of course, applies to everybody, uh, not just the men um, that it's addressed to here. And maybe this sounds like quite an easy instruction to follow. Love each other. That can't be too hard, you might think. Um, but I'm looking around to see if we've, like, hmm, I don't think my crew are in tonight. I was going to pick on them. Um, I'll need to pick on another family instead, unless my family are hiding somewhere. Uh, Sandy. <laughs> um, do you think it's always easy to love or to show that you love those in your family? Of course. Thanks, Sandy, for that unhelpful answer. <laughs> Why did I pick Sandy? Uh, are your sisters here? Lois, there you are. Do, do you agree with Sandy? Is it always easy to show those in your family how you much you love them? Most of the time, but not always. 
Not always. Let's go with that. Right, okay. It can be difficult. That's what I was going to get at. I see um, my three children, like, tearing into each other all the time. Um, they do not see eye to eye. I would say the majority of the time, they find it difficult. I know that they love each other, but they don't always show it very well. Um, but I, I, I see that in myself as well. I was a middle child. I loved my family. I, I was really lucky and fortunate to be in the family that I was in. But probably a lot of the time, it wouldn't necessarily look like that's the way I felt. And that's like the outward uh, workings, you know, my behavior didn't necessarily reflect that. And I'm sure that will ring true for a lot of us, that it's not always easy to get on with the people in your family. And families are messy. I think, I think we've, we all know that. We, we've all at least been in a family. And in this small KBC gathering, we are a family. And it's lovely to see us all having to, like, sit next to each other instead of being spread out as we often are. Um, just like the readers who are reading this for the first time, we are all um, brothers and sisters in Christ. And the source of our brotherly and sisterly love for each other is our birth into the family of God through the work of Jesus. We are part of God's family we, I guess we hear this quite a lot, but it's actually quite hard to get our heads around it. And it's really quite amazing, I think. We are part of God's family. Each of us is part of that family. And there should be nothing greater that bonds us than that. But the instruction is in here for a reason. It's saying, let that love continue. Because we do need to persevere in this, just like we need to persevere in other things because we can grow weary of each other, as I'm sure you would agree. Uh, one commentator said, the experience of redemption, uh, being saved, is so radical that the human personality is transformed and drawn into a family fellowship that covers the world and includes every believer, irrespective of race, nationality, color, economic condition, or political party. There is no other family like this, and it's bound to be a messy one. And we belong to that family whether, whether you like it or not. I hope you do like that. I hope you are happy um, in that news. Um, but we, we don't get to choose who our family are, just like we don't get to choose who our spiritual brothers and sisters are. Um, but I think we're really blessed here in KBC. I've been a member of this local church for over 20 years, and there are so many people in the church that have had such a positive impact on my life, and I would love to be able to thank each of them, but it's, it's amazing um, to have grown up um, around people that have been in such an encouragement. And that, that doesn't always necessarily look um, like they're being nice. Um, sometimes that can, there's difficult truths that you have to um, discuss as well. Um, so it can be in the tough times um, and the good times. So, of course, it can be difficult to love each other at times. We're all so different. As you look around this room, it's quite obvious. We all make mistakes. We all have our weaknesses. We all have things that annoy us. 
But as we can see in this passage, we are all called to love each other. And I think that is so important to remember. So what I'd like you to do, first of all, let's get you discussing again. Turn to somebody sitting near you and could you discuss how might we show each other brotherly or sisterly love in our church family? And there might be an example that you have that you can share with somebody. So what, what does brotherly or sisterly love look like, do you think? What can we be doing? So just spend a couple of minutes exploring that. Okay. Hopefully you've managed to think of a few a few ways. Uh, would, would anybody up for uh, giving us some um, examples of how we can demonstrate brotherly or sisterly love or anything that you've experienced? Ailey's going to go around with a mic, and it would be great if you would be up for sharing. Be bold, be brave. <laughs> and we said to encourage each other. To encourage each other. Oh, yeah, keep going. Um... Even to do things for the offering to help the church flourish. Let's get a few. Let's get a few. Spending time talking to each other and not just moving on after somebody says I'm fine, but waiting to see how they really are. Absolutely. What about behind you there? There's. I said the same thing as said. Come on, David. We said partly, firstly, about uh, taking meals around to someone who just had a baby. It was a really practical way. And also just very down to earth of just being really nice to each other. Like we're sitting beside Leanne that we've never really met before. And actually just saying hi and discovering that she's also from Ulster and therefore deserves a special welcome. What are the chances? (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Anybody from this side want to share before we go on? Um, holding each other accountable. Absolutely. Good one. Thanks, Colin. Is there, let's have one more. Let's have one more. 
To be ready not to take offence when other people either upset you or, or they snub you or whatever, and not to hold grudges against people if uh, you feel you've been snubbed or upset or looked over or whatever, and to, uh, to be kind to people that you feel may have done that, even though you may have attributed motives to them that, that, that weren't there. Yeah, in a sense. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Absolutely, I think that's that's really important. Okay. Oh, we've got one more. Today, uh, I've just celebrated 52 years of marriage. Wow! To my wife. Congratulations. Over the 52 years, sometimes it's been a rocky road. <laughs> sometimes it's been a motorway when it's gone smoothly. Yeah, for each other, and it's all about encouragement and love, and running the race that God has given us. Yeah, um, yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I just thought it's really important, um, I guess, to encourage each other here because um, we we are a church. So we see. Um, a lot of love going on, you know, like in really practical ways. Um, we, it's important, I think, to be able to, to share in that. Um, and let's not um, beat ourselves up too much to think that we're not doing this, um, but let's ensure that we keep this um, at the forefront of our mind. Um, and it might be stating uh, the obvious, but maybe we need reminding sometimes that as a church, what we do on a Sunday is just a tiny part of the week. Um, it's a busy church, there's a lot going on, um, and that brings its own challenges. But we still need to be intentional about how we love each other throughout the week too. Um, in fact, our approach has to be more than that, as we can't do it in our own strength. And going back to David again, uh, this morning on one of his slides, um, he said that, Living lives, living lives in line with our values will require an intentional reliance on His grace and mercy, accompanied by a prayerful dependence on the indwelling Holy Spirit. We need to be in a daily pattern of prayer and reading God's Word and facing each day with a fresh reliance on God to work in us and work through us. And like um, Stephen was uh, alluding to there, brotherly love calls Christians to love one another despite our differences. We know that we won't agree on everything. Uh, we read the same Bible, but I'm sure there are some of you in the room that would disagree with my interpretation of some things, hopefully just on um, some trivial things. But there can be divisive issues in churches. Um, but what if it's something you're really passionate about? How do we handle that? What's our attitude towards that? Well, we can now look to this banner, and throughout the church we have these values. This is how we do, um, how we do church, I guess, our attitude um, with generosity, humility, gentleness, that we delight, integrity, courage, and of course, love. So relationships in the church marked by love are the fruit of faith 
It might be difficult. I certainly find it difficult because we grow weary, like we said. But if we all make an effort, if we are intentional about this, then we might, as a church, feel unity like never before. We might reflect God's love into our community like never before. So isn't that worth making the effort for? Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. It's interesting to see the similarity of the original Greek words for brotherly love and hospitality. The first is Philadelphia, love for a brother, and the second is Philosenia, love to strangers, that we translate as hospitality. So the first two instructions that we have here are about love, love for one another and love for strangers who may or may not be Christians. And when we think back to the words that Ailey read at the beginning, that probably shouldn't be any great surprise to us um, because we, we heard there what are the two greatest commandments, to, to love God and to love your neighbors. And when we think about hospitality, um, I can think of so many examples. I was recently really challenged when I was at a, a conference through in um, Nidri, just um, a, a housing scheme in Edinburgh, um, and listening to a team there talking about, they're, they're doing similar work, I guess, to, to what we're doing in Hillhead with Eden. And a couple of the pastors have been talking about how they have opened up their homes um, to addicts. So a couple of them had had an addict staying with them for months, and they brought them into their family. Um, it, it kind of blows my mind to think about this because of that generosity, that willingness to, um, to open up their home. Um, and, but the, the way they described it was that they saw their home being for God's purposes, that it had been God that had provided that, and they wanted to use that. And hospitality is something that is so important to God. Um, and I just found really quite moved by that, that they would, that they would I guess, put themselves at that kind of risk um, and to show that kind of love to um, people that they, they barely knew. Um, and it hadn't always gone well, but they're still prepared to do it. And I just, I just found that quite an amazing testimony. The context for the early church receiving this letter, as we said, was, was quite different. They were being persecu persecuted. Believers were driven out of their homes. There were traveling ministers who needed places to stay. Many would be poor and unable to afford to stay in any other accommodation without help. And our context in the west of Scotland might be very different to that. It is very different to that. Um, and only God knows if that situation is going to change. But there are plenty of brothers and sisters around the world who could relate to this early church situation, this um, persecution. So this is still an instruction relevant um, to everybody. Um, are we willing to open up our lives 
to let other people in to our lives, even our homes? Are we willing to open up our church building to others? And and I see exam, great examples of this. Um, I'm not suggesting that we don't do this. Um, but I think we should all be considering these things. We are all instructed to let brotherly love continue, to love each other and to love strangers. And I think that's going to look different for everybody here. But we're still all instructed to do that and to, to consider how we might be doing that. Are we willing to put others before ourselves? To put the comfort of others before our own comfort? I think most of us would probably struggle with that. Brotherly love is caring for Christians more than we care for ourselves. And hospitality is caring for strangers more than we care for ourselves. And sometimes our love of ourselves can get in the way of that. Sometimes our love of money and our love of our belongings, our things, we cling on to what we have, our homes, sometimes that will get in the way. And other examples that, that really spring to mind, think about hospitality. I mean, that's really, I guess, what we're trying to do in Hillhead at the moment. We're trying to um, share our lives with others in that community in Hillhead. Um, and it's, it's quite a scary thing to do at times, and, but it's also a great, it's a great thing to be a part of, um, and I would encourage any of you to, to consider being involved in that because it's, it's great. Um, there's a cafe downstairs, normally on a Sunday night in recent months. I've not been able to be up here. Um, that's been difficult. That's hard work. That's really hard work um, down in the cafe. But I'm so encouraged that, that the church decided to open up the cafe space and to make room for these guys and girls who would otherwise be out on the streets getting up to all sorts. But for a few hours, we have time to actually be a positive influence in their lives. And I think this is, I think this is a really encouraging thing um, for the church to be doing. This morning, I, again, like this morning, it was a great introduction to uh, this evening if you were there. And when we, we watched a video um, by Amy Aitken, I don't know how many of you were there this morning, but um, Amy was, used to be a member at this church uh, growing up, and she was sharing her story of um, adoption. And I was, I, I just get really moved by that kind of thing. I, I, I thought it was a brilliant video, and if you've not seen it, then um, I'm sure you'll be able to see it on YouTube. Um, but Amy described the work that she's involved in with Home for Good um, in fostering and adoption and caring for families that are going through that as a radical hospitality. And it just seems so fitting um, to be thinking about that um, today. And again, it's something that is certainly not for everybody, but what an amazing um, testimony that is. Um, to be involved in something like that. Um, the second part of that verse, I don't think we should be too distracted by that 
reference to the angels. Um, It's true that there were some examples of that in the Old Testament, but we should bear in mind that any stranger could turn out to be a blessing, or we might not know how far an act of kindness could extend. The New Living Translation of Romans 12, 9 to 13 says this, don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. I'm not going to say too much about this. This is speaking of those who were persecuted for their faith and they were in prison. We should remember our Christian family who are suffering. We should remember them in their times of need. We should look out for them. Let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. We could spend several nights talking about this. Um, talking about sexual ethics and the importance of marriage. Um, So I'm not going to try to speak about this in any great detail, but it is important. That's why it's here. That's why we read about it throughout the New Testament letters. The phrase to hold marriage in honor is telling us that the word means that it's precious. God sees marriage as precious. At the time that this letter was written, there were competing views about marriage. Uh, Some thought that it was more holy to live a celibate life. Others thought that marriage was irrelevant. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people today. They don't see the relevance of marriage. Um, And unfortunately, we see the pain caused by families breaking up and the impact it has on people all around us. And I realize for some of you here tonight, that this will be painful to think about, and perhaps especially so on Mother's Day. Like we said near the beginning, families are messy. They're made up of imperfect people. But I think maybe it's especially important for the young people to remember this tonight. God tells us that marriage is precious, and we need to approach it with the right attitude if and when that time comes around. Time's coming soon, early. This, this is countercultural. Um, the boys that we have in the cafe would think this, was, this is crazy. This is hilarious. Um, this is not how their world operates. Um, and the aftermath of, of that, the broken families... That's just a part of life. Sex is a badge of honor for these guys. The thing is that if we're being honest, like it's a big issue in the church as well. But I'm going to move on just now. 
keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. This is, this is kind of hard to think about um, in our culture again. Money seems to be at the heart of so much. This isn't saying that having money or having a lot of things is necessarily a bad thing, but it is a warning about our attitudes toward it. Um, and this instruction doesn't also just apply to those who do have a lot of money or those who do have a lot of things. Um, it could be anybody. So maybe ask yourself, how much um, do you put effort into getting more? Or how entitled do you feel you are to what you have? How much does money drive you? How much do you place your security in money? And that, that, was, that was a big struggle for me for years. Um, and the idea that money brought security and forgetting that my security is actually found in Jesus. Um, and it's really only been in recent years where I've, I've been really challenged about that personally, um, and things have changed quite drastically for me, and I wouldn't say again that that's for everybody. Um, but what I would say is that it's something that we should, we should wrestle with. We should be open to God's direction. We should remind ourselves that God has said he will never leave or abandon us. The Lord is our helper, as it says here. We should look to God for direction. We should set our minds on things that are above, not things that are on earth. We shouldn't let money get in the way of our plans. We should be looking to God to direct us. And it took me a long time to work that out. How are we doing for time? Oh, the digital clock says it's 6.23, so I have ages. So, <laughs> let's see. Um, this next passage, um, I'll, re- I'll, I'll read this out. I'd, I'd like us just to try and, try and get through the text if we can. We've covered the, the bulk of what we're looking at, but remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. The first part of this section asks us to remember faithful leaders Um, I I think this is talking about leaders from the past who have maybe died. The last part of this section compares 
the sacrificial system of the old covenant to the sacrifice of Jesus, which replaced it. And the Jews in the early church would have found it difficult to leave their old ways behind. Um, but like us, they, they were now free from that old system. And in the middle section, we have a warning about food-related false teaching, which leads to this great statement that we're probably all familiar with. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That is a statement that we can be anchored in. We've heard of all these great things about Jesus throughout this book of Hebrews, and they all apply today in the same way. He never changes. In him you can trust. He is eternally trustworthy. So in God's promises, you are secure. Okay, we're we're nearly there. We're getting there. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Take note, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Keep note, leaders. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. So the last part of that section is a request for prayer for the author who is hoping to be with this church soon. And the middle part of this um, provides instructions for the church to obey and submit to their leaders. Um, I think we'll, I'll just move on from this just now. You can look in that in more detail if you wish. This, this first part, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. This, really, this is really summing up, I guess, what we've been talking about tonight. We've heard the revelation throughout the past 12 chapters. So what is our response? We are to continually worship God with our lives. It starts off through him, through Jesus. Because of the work that he has done, we should continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. It says we are to do good. We are to love each other. We are to love strangers. We are to share what we have, avoiding a love for money or our belongings. This is what pleases God. He no longer wants sacrifices of grains or animals. He wants us to continuously offer up our praises in the good times and the bad. Wouldn't it be great if we could all live lives that were pleasing to God, pleasing to the creator of the universe? We've nearly made it to the end, nearly. All that's left in this passage are some personal greetings from the author and a closing prayer, which we'll hear at the end of the service. But just to conclude, in the book 
the book of Hebrews opens in this way. It said, Long ago and many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And near the end of the book, it says, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. God has spoken to us through his Son, through the life of our Lord, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have his word, so what are we going to do about it? We know he is greater. We know that in him we have eternal hope. We know that God will not leave us. God will not abandon us. We can confidently say that the Lord is our helper. We will not fear what can man do to us. If we were really to live boldly in this confidence, then we will see lives transformed. Our own lives for a start, but also the lives of others who don't yet know God. So let our lives be a positive testimony that points towards God. Let us be a church family categorized, uh, characterized by generosity, humility, gentleness, delight, integrity, courage, and love. Love for each other. Love for strangers. And this, this is our prayer tonight. And we, we pray that this would really um, impact each of us and bring us together even closer in unity as a church family. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.